Our gospel on this Easter morning comes from Luke, the 24th chapter. But on the first day of the week, early at dawn, they came to the tomb, taking the spices that they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they did not find the body. While they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men in dazzling clothes stood beside them. The women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still at Galilee? that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified, and on the third day rise again. They remembered his words, and returning from the tomb, they told all of this to the eleven and to the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, mother, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them who told this to the disciples. But these words seemed like an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter got up and ran to the tomb, stopping and looking in. He saw the linen cloths by themselves. Then he went home, amazed at what had happened. The Gospel of our Lord. Grace to us and peace by our risen Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Why do you look for the living among the dead? It's a startling question. No wonder the women bow their faces to the ground in fear. Theirs is a posture of grief after all that has taken place. They had come with spices to anoint Jesus' body because there had been no time to prepare for the burial. Everything moved frantically from the sentencing to the crucifixion. And from the cross, Jesus' dead body was taken by Joseph of Arimathea and brought to the tomb. The women are there before dawn to bring some sort of closure to this cycle of death. And what they find is disturbing. The stone has been rolled away, the body gone, and unknown figures ask them why they are looking for the living among the dead. The women are jostled again in fear. As they run from the tomb, their minds are trying to make sense of all of this. And then they remember what Jesus had said. The Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified and on the third day rise again. Their minds and their hearts wonder, can this be true? How can this be true? They find the other disciples and breathlessly they speak of what they have seen. The disciples do not believe what they hear. They call the news an idle tale, baloney. The Greek word here means crap. I just said crap in church. <laughs> they don't believe, and rightfully so. Dead people don't rise. 
Death is the end. Death is death. The way that we deal with this reality of death is either to deny it or we deal with it. We deny death because it hurts. Booze can numb the grief. We mask it by preoccupying ourselves with work or other things. We organize ourselves behind our affluence as a way to hold back the messiness. Yet even when we run from its sting, death is still death. It is the ending of someone or something that we have known and lost. Death is real and it changes us. I remember when my dad died, people told me the first year Beth will be the most difficult. It wasn't a platitude they were sharing, it's true. But I have to tell you, the second year isn't that great either. The gaps are apparent, relationships shift, the world has moved on, yet things are unsettled. I missed my dad's proud eyes and his strong hug when I was installed as lead pastor this last September. I long for his presence and insight still as his grandkids make college decisions, play ball games, and navigate through the struggles and the delights of growing up. So many of you here know what I'm talking about because you are living death too. For those of you experiencing divorce, the death of a relationship is real. There are daily changes along with the altering of a hope for a future. Unexpected health diagnosis brings the possibility of death to the forefront. Treatments and changes in our bodies impact our independence, our interaction, our work, and our families. And then there is all this unfinished business of the world, Syria, refugees, political strife, mental illness, kids and families without enough to survive, injustices of all kinds. So what are we to do? We are like the women. We hold this posture of fear for what may be coming next. We are like the disciples. We deny the possibility of death being changed because look around us. If you had to bet on life or death, chances are wagering on death would have the better odds. Think about the women and the other disciples. Something happens that they could not comprehend, but yet everything around them is pointing to the world as is. Pilate is still governor. The next crucifixion is already scheduled. The scribes and the Pharisees the next day are thinking they have finally ended this Jesus thing. All the women have is what they have seen and heard. The angel's question is startling and upsetting because it rips their known assumption that death is the end. But listen again. Why do you look for the living among the dead? Jesus is not here. He is risen. This startling word awakens proclamation. God's spirit moves rocks and breaks open hearts. 
God not only raises the dead, he raises the living. Those perplexing words are given to those dear women and then from them to the disciples to raise them to life again, to take them from this posture of grief to this posture of life. God, through Jesus Christ, has interrupted the cycle of death so that we may live. Throughout Jesus' life, he entered people's pain, their inadequacies, and isolation to raise them and free them from the graves of this life. Death is not the ultimate end. Resurrection breaks in and creation is born anew. It is poured out into us now and into our world for us to notice and name in everyday things. And when we do this, we witness to the power of God to raise both the living and the dead. So this Easter morning, this story enters our ears and it transforms our hearts. This resurrection power of God is given to you and it dwells within you and within creation. We f will forever in this life repeat the cycle a posture of grief in the face of death, our denial that there is nothing more than death. And then we hear the story again. We need to hear the story again. God's presence comes to us and it finds us in our fear, in our paralysis, our denial, our longing, and our grief so we can remember too. Why do you look for the living among the dead? Jesus is not here. He is risen. It is a daily dying and rising. What I have noticed in my experiences of death is that other people bear hope as they have entered my life to listen to me, to be present to me, and to share their story. I then, through my experiences, am able to come close to others to understand in a new way. God calls us to be the bearers of resurrection, to point to it, to name it, to be called into action because of this. This is how community is formed, and this is how God's story continues. Christ has risen. And he meets us on our way. In a world full of dying and death, I will take every alleluia, every Easter lily, every choir singing, and every trumpet sound. I will take the bread and the wine, and within it the promise that Jesus is with us and bringing us from the grave to life again and again forevermore. Christ is risen. Alleluia. Alleluia. Amen.